Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths regarding those who persevere through trials. Peter puts it this way in 1 Peter 4, If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. On their part, he's blasphemed. But on your part, he is glorified. So the blessedness of the man who knows God has nothing to do with the circumstance or situation, but it has to do with his relationship and dependency on God. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. James 1.12 reads, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. Like the promises of Beatitudes in the Sermon of the Mount, the outcome is not a wish or mere hopeful benediction. It's a simple statement of fact. The man who endures under trial is blessed. Literally, he is happy. Why? Well, the simple truth is because there's a reward at the end of the struggle. Pastor Xavier has been leading us through a verse-by-verse study of James chapter 1, and today we'll learn of a reward for the lover of God of literally eternal worth. Let's listen. In James chapter 1, verse 12, the message is entitled, Tried and True. Notice James declared a determined conclusion about the faith of the believer being tested. Listen to him again. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. The verse looks back to what precedes, verse 2 through 11. The counting of all joy is to be when we fall into various trials, verse 2. The understanding being that the testing of our faith produces patience, verse 3. The personal commitment is to let patience have its perfect work in order to be complete in our spiritual growth, development, and maturity in Christ, lacking nothing, verse 4. The need of wisdom is to drive man to petition God constantly, verse 5. And the impartation of wisdom is to the man asking in faith without doubting. The double-minded man receives no wisdom, being unstable in character, verse 6 and 8. And the poor and the rich are both subject to the testing of their faith, being mortal beings, verse 9 and 11. Now, verse 12, as we will see, deals with persevering through various trials. Notice James declared the delightful state of the person who has been victorious through the testing of their faith. Again, blessed is the man who endures temptations. The spiritual condition of the individual is to be blessed. The word blessed, here in the Greek, as James is using it, means happy in its very basic root form. This happiness is not like the happiness of the world that is conditioned or based on what one possesses, things, who they know, or or emotions. This happiness is, again, based on the spiritual relationship to God in one's ongoing spiritual growth, development, and maturity. He's talking about the person who's going through trials. This is the man who does not give up when confronted with trying situations, but rather remains strong in faith, stable, steadfast in devotion and dependency on God. This blessedness is in the fullness of joy in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 tells us that we have fellowship with the Father and with the Son. In this, our joy is full. Listen to Peter. 1 Peter 3, 14 says, But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed and do not be afraid of their threats, 
nor be troubled. 1 Peter 4, 14. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. On their part, he's blasphemed. But on your part, he is glorified. So the blessedness of the man who knows God has nothing to do with the circumstance or situation, but it has to do with his relationship and dependency on God. Now notice the object of testing is indicated by the word temptation. The word looks back again to verse 2, where it is translated trials, same word, meaning an experiment in order to prove or approve something as true or in a good sense. Now, there are external trials such as persecution and difficulties that will test us, which could at some point become an internal temptation to sin, as we will see in verse 13, okay? But he's closing the section of the man who is steadfast here in verse 12. The condition of the person who endures the test of trials is to be blessed and will be blessed. Now notice, secondly, you have the impartation to the person. James declares that the believer who endured the testing of faith is approved. For when he has been approved, the word approved there means to be accepted or pleasing. This word was used to test precious metals and coins to see if they were genuine. Literally, having been proved. This is a statement of fact by having endured the testing to the end, have proved to be genuine. Notice James declared the approved man of faith will be rewarded with the crown of life by Jesus. He will receive the crown of life. Crowns are associated with a headdress to identify and distinguish an individual as king or an exalted position that is honored. The New Testament has only two words for crowns. The first word is diadena, which means to bind around and designates royalty, honor, and symbolic of power to rule a king, as we said, appearing three times in the New Testament. The second word is our word here, stephanos, which means a chaplet or circlet from the word to wreath, and is mostly used to denote a laurel wreath or garland awarded at the victor games, festive garland, and times of rejoicing. Sort of like the Olympics where they would put a wreath over you if you went up to the stand first place. But sometimes it was used as a mark of royalty and exalted rank. Notice the time of the crown is the future, indicated by the future middle. He shall receive, it says. This would point to the Bema Seat of Christ. And by the way, the article is present before the word life. Literally, the crown of the life. That's what the Greek says. Which is what? Eternal life. <laughs> the life. In the ancient world, there was no banking system as we know it today. No paper money. All money was made from metal, heated until they would necessarily pound them out and smooth them out and grind the rough edges and all. And the coins were comparatively soft. 
And of course, many people shaved them closely. In one century, more than 80 laws were passed in Athens to stop the practice of shaving down the coin that were then in circulation. But some money changers were men of integrity who would accept no counterfeit coin or money. They were men of honor who put only genuine, full-weighted money in circulation. Such men were called dokimos, the word for approved here. This is the person, the person of character, dokimos, approved. The Bible says every believer must stand before the Bema Seat of Christ, as you know, to receive what he has done in his or her body, whether good or bad. The basis of the judgment will be the motive of the heart, 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Why and how I did it. And I believe that motive is love. Whether I did a love for the Lord, a love for people, or love for myself, okay? The judge will be Jesus Christ, John 5, 22 tells us. The end result will be that everyone will have praise of God, not for man. 1 Corinthians 4, 5. The loss of all reward is possible, but it will not affect our salvation because we are saved by grace through faith. We're saved in us by fire. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, 15 and Ephesians 2, 8, 9. So the Bema Seat of Christ is for reward. Why we did what we did and how did we do it? Was it for others and God or for ourselves? There are five crowns, as I mentioned, recorded in the New Testament to be given to the believer. There is the incorruptible crown in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. The incorruptible crown is for those who are obedient, disciplined, and deny their flesh. There is the crown of righteousness in 2 Timothy 4, 7, and 8. The crown of righteousness is for those who love the Lord's appearing. The crown of rejoicing in 1 Thessalonians 2.19 is for those who are soul winners. The crown of glory, 1 Peter 5.1-4, is for those who have fed the flock of God. The crown of life here in James is for those who suffer for Christ's sake in the testing of their faith but endure and are approved through the testing. Five crowns. The scene in heaven reveals that we will cast all of our crowns at the feet of Jesus Christ because in truth it is he who has enabled us to even to do the things that we do. So rightly, all the crowns that will be given to us really belong to him. Listen to Revelation chapter 4. It's only for 11 verses. After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me, saying, Come up here. The church is caught up to heaven. This is before the tribulation. And I will show you things that must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven. And one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne, an appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold in their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightning, thunders, 
and voices. It reminds you of Ezekiel chapter 1 and chapter 9. <laughs> seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, seraphims. Okay, remember? Two they fly, two they cover their face, two their feet in Isaiah 6. They were full of eyes, rounding within. And they do not rest day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is to come, whenever the living creatures... Give glory and honor to the thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives before forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. Learn the script. So when you get up, you know what to do. <laughs> All the crowns will be cast to him. It's all for his glory. It's all because of him. The impartation to the person who is approved is the crown of life. Now, notice thirdly, we have the motivation of the person, the rest of 12 at the end. James declared the endurance of the believer through the testings of his faith, proving himself genuine and rewarded, is motivated first by truth, he says, which the Lord has promised. The first truth is based on the understanding that the believer is the servant, not the Lord. That's shocking to some Christians. <laughs> See, some Christians think that they're the Lord. <laughs> they have it backwards. The word Lord, as you know, curios is a title that means possessor, owner, and the one to whom a person or thing belongs to with absolute sovereign power to do as he wills with that servant or object. The title is in reference to Jesus. This title appears 15 times in the epistle of James in reference to Jesus Christ. The believer as a servant of Jesus understands certain basic truths. He is to be loyal to his master. He is to be dedicated to his master. He is to do the will of his master. He is to please his master. He is to submit to his master. And we can go on and on. The second truth is based on knowing that if Jesus made a promise, he can't lie. <laughs> He's God. The word promise in this context simply means to announce and declare something by a person to another with assurance of fulfilling whatever it is that he has stated based on character. Now, the promise of reward is not to be the primary motive of our service. If it is, we are serving Jesus for the wrong reasons. And this is the problem with a lot of people that go to church. They want to be seen. They want to be applauded. And they do it for all the wrong reasons. If and when we are rewarded, it is only due to the grace of God who has enabled us to be faithful. Now notice, James then declared the endurance of the believer through the testing of his faith, proving himself genuine and rewarded, is motivated also by love, truth and love. 
to those who love him. Agape is the word. It identifies the divine love of God. The word demonstrates the extent of God's love for sinful man in John 3, 16, for God so agape the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's believed that John defines that word for the Christian vocabulary by John 3, 16. Giving, sacrificially, completely, totally, having no personal benefit. It's for others. 1 John 4, 10 says, in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. The word agape is opposed to human love that's tainted by sin nature, as you know. Human love, we have the word eros, that deals with the sensual, the sexual. It's normal, it's natural. God has given it to us for the context of marriage. But so often it's abused, misused, and corrupted because of sinful man. There's another word, phileo, it deals with the soulish or the emotional level of love, compatibility. But this kind of love is fickle. As long as we hit it off and all that, we're okay, and then you say something I don't like, and I just think you're a jerk just because you hurt my feelings. It's fickle. It's amazing some Christians get mad. And, well, why? He didn't say hi to me. He walked right by me in the hall. Oh, wow. Fickle. Emotional. The believer loves Jesus due to all that he has done for him. Jesus died for sinners on the cross. Jesus received the wrath of God for us as he bore our sins. Jesus made the provisions through the atonement for the forgiveness of sins to be redeemed. Jesus made us sons and daughters of God. Jesus brought us into fellowship with himself and the Father. Jesus did not leave us as orphans, but he sent his Holy Spirit to teach us, guide us, illuminate us, bring all things to our remembrance. Jesus gave us eternal life to spend all eternity with him and the Father. How, how can we not respond in love? A rejection of God is really the greatest sin is that you have sinned against love. God's love that all he wants to do is bless you. <laughs> bless me. When Sir Walter Raleigh spread his cloak over the mud, that queen... Elizabeth might walk dry shot. He had shrewdness enough to know that nothing is lost that is given to royalty. Indeed, in a very true sense, it is impossible really to deny oneself for our king. His return is so swift and so vastly in excess of what we give, but it is the heart of self-sacrifice that he wants out of love. Because if love is the motive, it's never seen as sacrifice. So when someone says, I, I really appreciate you, don't sweat, don't worry about it. They understand the sacrifice, they understand the cause, but to you, don't worry about it. Because it's out of heart of love, you understand? The believer is to be a person of the word in order to know what God has promised. He promised to send the Messiah to Adam and Eve. And he did not lie. Genesis 3.15 is a promise. He promised the Messiah would come through Abraham. Genesis 15. And he did. He promised the Messiah would come through the line of David. And he did. 2 Samuel 7.12-16. He promised he would rise from the dead. And he did. All the Gospels recorded. At the end, 
Acts 2, 23, 24, reminds the crowd. It's the cornerstone of the gospel. He rose from the dead. The message of Jesus to the seven churches gives us seven promises to the overcomers. Revelation 2, 7, the church of Ephesus, it is to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Revelation 2.11 to the church of Smyrna. It is to not be hurt of the second death. To the church of Pergamos in Revelation 2.17. It is to give some of the hidden manna to eat in a white stone with a name written which no one knows except him who receives it. Revelation 2.26. The church of Thyatira is to have power over the nations. Of course, he's talking about the kingdom age. Revelation 3.5, the church of Sardis is to be clothed in white garments and not blot out his name out of the book of life, but confess him before the Father and the angels. And Revelation 3.12, to the church of Philadelphia, it is to make him a pillar in the temple of God and write the name of God in the holy city of God, the new Jerusalem. Lastly, Revelation 3.21 the church of Laodicea, it is to sit with him on his throne. Great promises. <laughs> you see, the believer loves God in response to his love demonstrated at the cross. The believer demonstrates his love for Jesus by his or her life, how we live. The believer demonstrates his love for Jesus by his or her words. Our vocabulary changes, how we express ourselves. The believer demonstrates his love for Jesus by his or her deeds. We have a whole different perspective of life. The believer demonstrates his love for Jesus by his or her denial of their flesh. We're not number one anymore. We don't feel that we have the right to do whatever we want. We understand we have great responsibility. The believer demonstrates his love for Jesus by his or her suffering under persecution. The majority of the church has lived there for 2,000 years. We in the West have not. So all I know about suffering is what I read about in the scriptures and in history. The believer demonstrates his love for Jesus by his or her fighting the good warfare. We love him because he first loved us, 1 John 4, 19 said. He initiated my little children, that is not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth, 1 John 3.18. So what we do, we do and respond to the love of God by the love of God. His love is the only thing that will keep me on track. It will check me. It will rebuke me. It will cause me to think. The motivation of the person is love for Jesus truth and love for Jesus. And so the reward given to the man with steadfast faith is described here in this verse. The condition of the person who endures the test of trials is to be blessed. The impartation to the person who is approved is with the crown of the life. And the motivation of the person approved is truth and love for Jesus. All this comes from the Word of God. <laughs> Not apart from it. The Word. May God give us wisdom. Tried and true. <laughs> Through the fire. 
Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths behind the trials allowed by God, all the while standing ready to bestow the crown of life to those who persevere in their love for Him. Now you may be interested to know this message titled, Tried and True, is available on CD upon request for just $4. Having your own copy allows you to review this study all over again and at your own pace, or perhaps pass on to someone else you know. So once again, the title to ask for is Tried and True. Or you may simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please be sure you tell us the call letters of this station when you get in touch. We use this information to help us measure the efficiency of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California, www.calvarychapelpasadena.com.